What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have two repeat guests, Danny Vega, who's been on my podcast, I don't even know how many times, and Rachel Gregor, who's been on there once before as well, and they're working on something big right now. They're cooking up something. This whole podcast is going to involve how to integrate your fat-fueled lifestyle with your family, so I'm super excited to dive in. Without further ado, how are the two of you doing? Great. <laughs> I was waiting for Rachel. <laughs> I was waiting for you. <laughs> By the way, I, I'm going for that title, bro. I'm going for that title, you know, most visits on the Keto Savage podcast. So uh, we got to think of something for next week. So, I mean, next week, let's talk about... How, how many is this now? Do you know? Probably four or five. I'm thinking at least four or five. I feel like at, at, at some point, people are going to be like, oh my gosh, not Danny Vega again, skip. <laughs> well, someone, someone, and I was, you know, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was, I was very happy with someone on the, on your YouTube was like, who, who's Danny Vega? He's so cute or something. He's so adorable. And I'm yeah, like, I I'm, I'm like yes, I am adorable. It's so true. I like, when I think of myself, I think Dude, I'm adorable. That was me actually. No, <laughs> you have no idea, man. This is totally beside the point but i've had so so many people message me after that that farm video and say danny vega like you could tell he just super respectful of the outdoors and it totally changed him and like he's just such a genuine honest guy like, i've had so many people message me that well i'm glad i mean i don't think with my cartoonish face i don't think it's it's really hard for me not to be genuine every single emotion that yeah. i feel <laughs> comes out on my face so we have to get Rachel down there so that we can be making stories up as well. Oh, Rachel and I were texting about it, man. She's she's down. Yeah, I've never gone like camping or hunting or anything in my entire life. So <laughs> yeah. New York City, man. Remember, she grew up in New York City. Yeah, this this is definitely a, a far cry from New York City for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm down for it. I'll I'll try it out. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So let's let's dive into to what you. I'm just gonna kind of like put the, the ball in y'all's court and let, let you just run with it. But what is it that y'all have been working on? I'll let you take it, Rachel. Why don't you give him a, just, just explain for a little bit, you know, why we came together and, and how, you know, we both can integrate our, our specific, you know, talents to solve the, the problem that we see. Yeah. So me and Danny started talking about, um, you know, ways that we can, we've been wanting to work together on, um, different programs and just collaborate on different things for a while now. And so we started talking about things that we could, um, that we were both super passionate about and we're kind of like in, you know, our expertise and with people we work with and then just in general. Um, and so we decided to focus on the fa family aspect of incorporating um, a lower carb, uh, fat fueled keto approach to um nutrition and lifestyle and also incorporating exercise and all of that. So um, we kind of dived into it and wanted to basically go through kind of like the lifetime. So how you, you know, introduce your children to nutrition and food and exercise and all of that, and then progressing through that and, um, you know, maybe introducing or um, helping your, your parents or your grandparents understand, um, the lifestyle a little bit more. So we kind of want to take it from, you know, that whole lifespan and dive into why it's important to, um, even if like, for example, Danny and his kids, and then me and my parents, um, 
just talking about those different things and um, kind of going into that. So that's kind of the gist of it. Danny, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, when we talk about Rachel and I have these conversations, we start bringing up all these specific stories of of situations where we're like, wow, you know, um, it's it's awesome when you can get your family on board because these are the people you care about. And you're you're out here talking to a bunch of people that you don't even know. And obviously we want to help people. But when you think of your family, you know, that's like, you know, those are the closest people to you. So Rachel started sharing stories about her dad and her mom. And then, of course, I've made it pretty clear the way we do things with the kids. And so we came at it with that in mind. And we started to look at, first of all, let's define the problem, because I think a lot of people, of course, we're all focused on ourselves and that's okay. You know, like we want to lose weight, we want to get healthy, but there are serious challenges that we face and um, the current lifestyle and the current culture out there is the furthest thing from conducive to health. So we started to first say, okay, let's look at what are the problems. And so um, if you want, I can talk a little bit about, you know, the, the main problems that we're seeing from my perspective because of, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with my kids and I'm trying to see what can I, you know, eliminate or at least lessen as much as possible from the beginning. And the first thing we saw is like childhood obesity, mental illness and depression. And it's, it's crazy. We, we, of course, we're thinking of obesity affecting adults and that's huge, but the percentage of children and even, you know, adolescents are the, are the worst ones. Actually kids between the age of like 17 and 19 have, they consume the most amount of sugar. So now, right now, about 20% of, of school-age children um, are obese, and those numbers are trending upward. And, you know, that's kind of sad because, of course, we do. We have a lot of issues that come with that. You, you know, you have bullying and you have all the other things that come. But the other thing that I see is that we're always told, oh, just let them be kids. Just let them be kids. And I've mentioned this before, but this is a huge pet peeve of mine. And this is something that is unfortunately being spread from the Western countries on out to the rest of the world. And that is that we treat um, adults differently than we treat children. So adults have a menu. And so you go to a restaurant and they have a, a variety of items that they can choose that they can actually eat that are healthy. And then you go to the kids menu and it's macaroni and cheese, spaghetti, pizza, hot dogs. You know, it's starches and fats. And one of the things that's the biggest, um, it's at least correlated, if not a cause of, of obesity, is the combination of starches and fats. Because not only do they, not only do they um, cause, you know, weight gain, they also are very hyper palatable. So they don't let you stop eating and feeling satiety. So of course, now kids are getting obese. The other thing is the mental illness and depression. You know, one out of seven um, children from age two to eight have been diagnosed with some sort of mental, behavioral, or de developmental disorder. So now we're, we're seeing kids on all types of meds for ADD. We see a lot of rise in um, autism and, you know, ADHD, anxiety, depression. Kids, you know, Dr. Georgia Ede talks about um, she's a college psychiatrist and she's seeing a bunch of more patients coming in for these mental wellness visits, you know? So kids are depressed. And we know that, of course, there's, there's the environmental aspect of it, like the whole, 
you know, the type of stressed environment that, you know, young people live in nowadays where they're, they feel like they need to get ahead and they feel like they're putting their lives on hold because they have to, you know, be ahead of the rest of the pack. And, and that, of course, adds to it. But there's no doubt that what we eat has a huge, huge impact. And then, you know, the last part, so we have obesity and all the things that come with that. We have mental illness and, and just, you know, the, just the cognitive, you know, performance is declining. But the last thing that, that is important to Maura and me is the hippie stuff, you know, the, the lack of connection. You know, there's parents and children are not connecting. And so what happens when your child is not able to connect with you, they can't trust you. And then on top of the fact that they can't trust you, they, they can't, you know, you, you are becoming a source of their stress. And we want to be the, we want our children to be anchored by us. We want them to be rooted in their relationship with us so that when they come home, it's not chaos. And so we talk about all those things and that's, that's where we start. It is deep, man. And see, like, I don't have kids uh, yet. But I, I look, like I'm trying to think forwardly, you know, like how am I going to approach situations when I do have kids? And then, you know, Chris and I'll be talking like in this situation, what would our, what would our plan of action be? And it's, I mean, there's no, there's no rule book with a, with a, being a parent, you know, you, you kind of just have to go go with the flow and, and be proactive and do things oh, strategically, but yeah. there's no guidelines. I mean, you, it's your responsibility through and through. So thinking like this and thinking, you know, proactive like this with regard to what's best for your child's sake, both in the moment and in the future is of paramount importance, I think. It is, man. And it's, 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 it, I've noticed when, when I talk to people and, and I get asked about this all the time, it's why I can't wait for us to, you know, you know, put something out there because just this morning I was messaged, I'm either DM'd on Keto Counterculture or someone sees something on Fat Field Kids and they want to know, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? And the, the, the thing that I always tell them is like, it's this combination of all these different things. It's like all these daily habits that you're doing. It's the, the nutritional approach, the fitness approach. It's, it's having conversations with them. It's asking them questions. And, but then at the same time, your child has to be in the driver's seat mm -hmm. because I've said this a million times. It's like when you, when you put these limits on the kids, sometimes because their desire for autonomy is so great, they, if, if they feel like they're boxed in, they're going to do things that may be against their best interests just to keep their autonomy, just to prove that they're in control. And we can, we can relate to that, right? Like we, we do that when we're adults, like, like screw it. I, I'm, I'm going to just, I've been on a diet and, and I can't stand being forced, you know, or, or, or being, um, on this, you would hope that as an adult, you would be better at this, but a lot of us are not like, you know, we feel like we're, we're restrained. So we feel like we have to binge and that happens. But with the child, it's even more because they're just not equipped. They're not um, developed mentally, even at the level where they can handle this type of stuff. So you got to be really, really walking that thin line when, when you're dealing with kids. With, with regard to like, this is a, a high level question here. When like some parents will raise one child, well, say they have two kids, they, they're raising the exact same way, but they turn out totally differently. What is, where's the line drawn between, okay, this is all the parents, you know, this is a result of how they were raised versus just as this is the, the child kind of, you know, going to his own independence and just doing his thing. And no matter what the parent would have done, this is just the direction, the path he's going to go. So like, where is that line drawn? That's a pretty abstract question, but I'm curious. 
Oh man, no, it's a, it's a really good one because it's really true. I can, I can only answer from my experience and like with, for instance, Desmond and Dean are very, very different. And Dean is much more, um, he's much more focused on letting people know like, this is, you're not gonna, you're not gonna like teach him what or tell him what to do. So with Dean, let's say Dean is like, I want crackers. And you know, the crackers are like, you know, simple mills, almond flour crackers that, that he loves. We get them at Costco and you know, they're, they're definitely good for keto. They're safe. They're low carb. Um, Maura and I, since Maura's so much more with him, she handles it better. And just another, the other thing is the parents need to be on the same page for sure. Um, that should be a given. Both parents need to be on the same page, but because Mata's with him more, she understands how to deal with that. Whereas I would be like, no, you can't eat any more crackers. You just had crackers like two hours ago, eat your steak, and then you can have your crackers. Mata's like, let me handle this. Because <laughs> like, no matter what, it's like this power struggle with me and him. And, um, and then she handles it and she's like, you can have your steak with your crackers. Is that okay? And then he eats his steak with his crackers. So that's like, that's just one example the other thing is the if the child is younger versus older, you have to understand that like with Desmond, I can have rational conversations with him and say, this is why we can't do this. We, we need to do that. With Dean, he's like, that doesn't taste good or I don't want that right now, so I'm not going to do that. So you can't have those conversations. I think where like the approach of parenting versus you know the individuality of the child where that really makes a difference i think is when they get older and at that point like the only answer is like you have to trust what you did like you had to trust the the work that you put in all those years and just know that no matter what you know your child is an individual and is a free human being and so like they may have been raised the same way and there sometimes I know that it's a cheap answer, but like sometimes there's just there's no explanation that I know of because, you know, with both kids were raised the same way. One of them decided that he wanted to go get his Ph.D. and the other one wanted to go dig ditches. You know, that's you know, it doesn't matter. You know, that's just that's what what they want, you know. Yeah. And I guess we can just be there for them, you know. Yeah, it's I don't know, man, like that, that's being a parent's got to be quite the challenge. I'm excited for but at the same time like scared to death by it you know you gotta be you gotta be on your your a game all the time and then one thing that brian williamson said the other day that i was like i was like yeah i'm gonna have to just um resign to the fact that there's whatever we do as hard as we try and let me tell you man this is we're thinking about this all the time um we have to resign to the fact that we may cause some damage you know like we, we may there may be some damage done and that's totally okay like like Brian was saying, saying something like, you know, you got to pick your child's neuroses. Like you got to, <laughs> your child may become neurotic in some way because of you. And, you know, I can see things that my boys are picking up from Maura and I'm like, those aren't good things. And she can see things that they aren't, they're picking up from me that, that aren't good things. Like they pick up the good and the bad, mm -hmm. you know, and I honestly, we're not perfect. And, and that's one thing that we always mention, like we have it hung up. Like we always say, I'm sorry. We always admit when we, when because part of that is is taking responsibility and like if you're if you can take responsibility you're showing your child that it's okay to be authentic and it's okay to say I screwed up man I I've said it to them so many times you know it's it's you're good man you're going to be good I know it so on the on the opposite side of the coin you know Rachel you don't have kids uh yet either you are you are the child in this scenario 
how do you approach your parents now that they look at you as an individual and, you know, I'm sure that in the back of their mind thinking of how they've raised you and how that's led to the person you are today, but how do you kind of shape your individuality into, you know, communicating with them and kind of lending them advice with regard to, you know, ways, ways to live healthier when they're probably parents, I think by default, are just stubborn towards any advice their kids give them. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. but how do you approach that? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, my parents are actually very, very open um, to all nutrition. I actually, I mean, I grew up in a household that was very health conscious um, uh, to a degree of uh, their knowledge and what they thought was healthy. And um, so like I grew up in a house where it's like no soda, like the only time you would have soda is if, you know, it was a special occasion or like, you know, McDonald's is like a once in a blue moon thing. But then on the other side of things like uh, cereal and like, for example, my dad ate honey bunches of oats with skin milk every single morning for breakfast. Um, and <laughs> it's like my and I would by default, like have that too. Um, well, and I was growing up or, you know, cause I didn't really know any better. And he thought, you know, you, you go into the store, you see, you know, honey bunches of oats or uh, honey nut Cheerios with the heart healthy, heart healthy label on it. So obviously you think that it's healthy and this is, you know, before, you know, all of the stuff has come out on this. Um, and before I knew, before I got into nutrition and started learning about it. Um, so, I mean, and, but besides that, like, you know, I grew up on vegetables and, and pretty healthy food, but like things like that, the cereals and those stuff where you think you're, you're healthy, but you're, you think you're eating, you know, the healthiest thing, but you're like, he was literally eating a bowl of sugar for breakfast every morning. And, you know, that's what I eat and, and all of that. So I think there was just, um, some issues in that front just, and that's not their fault, but, um, they've learned from that. And so for example, you know, when I started learning more about nutrition and started, um, diving into it and I would obviously talk to my parents all the time about it. And I would like, I literally told my dad, I was like, you're not eating cereal anymore for breakfast. Like I'm throwing it out. And so for the past, this was maybe like two years ago. Um, and he hasn't had cereal for breakfast in the last two years. And I substituted, you know, I incorporate, um, I introduced him to, you know, whole grain oats. And so we started there and then now, he does eggs and bacon or he'll do like those um the birch blend birch blender blender i don't know the name of it the paleo pancakes that are made with cassava flour um instead of regular pancakes and so and like my dad's not unhealthy he is he actually is very very healthy and um but just making those changes and i think that um we talk about you know like danny said like i don't have kids um so i don't um, really have that perspective, but we all have kind of the perspective of having parents and we want our parents to be around for and be with us for as long as they can. And I actually came across a few statistics the other day um, when I was doing some research and um, there's almost, there's about 6 million Americans are estimated to be living with Alzheimer's disease as of 2018. Um, and they said that the symptoms usually begin, um, right after the age of 60. And so both my parents are, um, in their early sixties now. Um, and also another one was that all the Alzheimer's death rates have increased 55%, um, from 1999 to 2014, um, 55%, that's more than half death rates. So that's just pretty shocking to me. Um, and I think that, and they're, they're calling, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia, they're starting to call it type three diabetes because we're starting to see how chronic sugar it, and chronic processed food is starting to affect the brain and affect our body in negative ways. And so I just think it's really important. Obviously, it's important that we, you know, raise our children correctly, the right way and, and teach them about nutrition. But I also think that 
we shouldn't be overlooking like the older generation and the older um, our parents because it's not too late to change their opinion and to change the way that they um, you know eat and the way that they live and, and exercise and, and all of that. Like I said, my my dad was eating cereal for probably 20, 20 plus years for breakfast every single morning. And um, within literally a day, I was like, I told him, I explained this stuff to him and he was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. So he switched over. And um, that's just one example. But um, yeah, I just think that we shouldn't be overlooking that aspect aspect of it too, and that we should be educating those who are both older and younger than us and um, just making them aware of all of this. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I mean, definitely equal importance on both sides. It's it's hard though, because like I, I put myself, you know, in that position and like my my parents are, are, are both very healthy. Like they, you know, live out on land. I mean, they're they're always active doing some kind of, you know, physical work. They eat healthy. They've they've grown their own, you know, vegetables and whatnot. They eat a lot of meat. Um, but they'll still have like a bowl of ice cream from time to time or they don't drink soft drinks or anything really, but they'll they'll still have like sweet dessert items occasionally. And I got my mom to do keto. She did keto for like three months, lost a ton of weight. She she was never overweight, but she lost a ton of weight. She looked much healthier. Then she went on a three week trip to Australia and hasn't been keto since. And then my father, <laughs> whew, my father's a, he's rough. He's rough because like he is he's got like his PhD. He's a biology professor. He just he's incredibly smart and. With that, I feel like he just is not as open-minded with it when it comes to stuff like this. Like he's convinced, you know, a, a balanced Mediterranean diet is is the only way to go, and keto is just going to give him heart disease. So like trying to break through to him has proved to be, you know, nearly impossible. Every time we get on a conversation, it winds up not ending well. So it's a challenge. Like I don't know, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. You know, talking to your parents and like respecting your parents, but then also trying to tell them that, hey, you know, you might not be right on this one. You might have to open up your mind a little bit. That's that's a challenge. Yeah, for sure. But I think the more and more you talk about it and the more like they see, especially like with the, you know, the businesses that we're in and, and what we do, like the it becomes, you know, more apparent to them. And I think that's important, just continuing to educate them and, and talk to them about that that, you know, over time, um, even if they make small changes, they'll still add up. Um, they don't have to. And it's the same thing that Danny was saying about like with your kids, like it's not like you're you have to, you know, put your kids on a strict keto diet. So you got to kind of maybe we think about it the same way as we would think about it. Um, if we were teaching our kids, let's teach, you know, those who are a little bit older that there, yes, there can be some, you know, moderation here and there and just choosing making better choices um, is the key to, you know, making it sustainable. So yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's we, we shouldn't get so far down the rabbit hole that we just want them to be strict. I mean, I want like my kids and my parents to be keto savages running around, but, <laughs> but they're probably not going to be that strict. And they're going to always reach for that ice cream. But I think you know, talking like talking to them like you like you say, that's that's the main thing. You know, exposing them to alternatives and giving them better options. Yeah, for sure. That's a huge thing, Rachel. This is where, like, I love it. You know, we complement each other so well, and um, obviously with her book. She has, and, and she's, she's worked on these lists and it's super crucial, especially in the beginning to have alternatives because, you know, people have emotional attachments to certain foods and, you know, some people still are going to be babies, the adults, <laughs> they're still going to be like, well, that doesn't taste like it. You know, maybe even the kids will be like that, but you know, like there, there are, we have um, created a list of, you know, eat this, not that. And I think that's, that's something that I've been over and over told, and I'm sure Rachel's been told, like, you know, I'd love to see a list of, of alternatives for, you know, all of our different favorite foods. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, like, just kind of 
broad picture, you know, it, it's it's interesting. Each generation is, you know, brought up hearing, you know, certain things in the media, you know, just common health practices that have gone mainstream. Each generation has its own bias towards something or, or another. But looking at our parents' generation, let, let's kind of compare and contrast, you know, what bias do you see in our parents' generation versus what do you see coming up in our kids' generation at the moment? Well, I personally see that it was like from my um, perspective, it's they kind of were or grew up, not grew up, but were in the whole low fat craze. And now it's starting to be a low carb, uh, low carb is try- starting to show up more. So I feel like it's like the complete opposite of what. Um, like what our parents were used to. Um, so I don't know, that's just what first came to mind. Danny, what what do you think? Yeah, like I, I agree with you that our parents' generation is all about the low fat. I think that the current generation, the biggest um, problem that I see is that people are, um, because of what happened in that generation, people are now, um, and, and it continues, it's very vehement and it's very, they're very active activists that are, um, you know, basically in the scientific community or in policy, like, you know, politics, making policy for whether it's the recommended foods is, is people are scared of meat. And so that is manifesting itself in a way that you can clearly see children are not eating enough meat. They're not eating enough animal source foods. And this is, it's cool if you want to wreck your health, you know, and, and develop, you know, micronutrient deficiencies over time from your, you know, low quality diet. And when I say low quality diet, I, I'm not saying it, I'm not making a judgment. Well, I am making a personal judgment, but luckily, scientifically, low quality foods, that's, you know, the, 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 a lot of the plant-based foods are low quality because of the lack of nutrient density. And so, you know, the amount of meat we consume, it's gone way down. And for the first time in history, we're seeing that kids are not growing as much. Our kids are shrinking. They may be growing outward because they're, they're developing insulin resistance at an early age. They're getting obese, but they're not growing upward. And that's a scary thing. And, you know, Mauda has said this before, where um, our kids are being fed these diets because they're 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 being given all these alternatives to meat and they are and a lot of them are processed unfortunately um they are eating accidental vegan diets you know and on top of that the age of convenience all of the packaged foods that we see a lot of them are sourced with low quality um inexpensive starches and vegetable oils so vegetable shortening and all of our little packaged you know bars and all of the starches and so there's no protein and then of course you can't compete meat cannot compete with you know these hyper palatable quote unquote health foods that are still i think to this day living that low fat thing like we're we're bumping up the fat okay fine but now what type of fat are they eating a lot of the the stuff that's mass consumed is vegetable oils and so these kids are just they're they're in really bad shape in the future if we don't take control. And that's why one of our first like principles in the nutrition section is talking about starting with animal protein. Everything needs to start with animal protein. And everybody has a picky eater. We have picky eaters. So your special child is not any different than any other child, including my own children. And so you need to know that at first, you know, if you want to transition your kids, you're you're gonna have to um, make the tough decisions. And the the easiest way to do that is immediately go to your pantry right now, if you want, pause this podcast and go to the pantry and remove all of the crap and give it away, donate it if you want, or, you know, put it where it needs to go in the recycling. (laughs) 
and and then start bringing home good options. And, you know, when you're out, just the way we approach it is, you know, our kids have the choice to, to feed themselves however they want, um, but they're going to have to buy themselves the crap. We, we're not going to spend our money on that because I can't I can't actively take part in something that I find immoral, you know, like something that I'm just like, I don't even want to I don't want to support the company and I don't want to actively put that into my child's body. So um, you got to start with animal protein. You got to find things that your child likes. Chances are they may already eat some of these foods like bacon and eggs and beef and burgers. Kids are going to eat burgers. Kids love burgers. Now, the only thing you got to do is start, you know, removing that bread from the burger, adding the cheese that they like. So that's kind of what I'm seeing. And that's why, you know, priority has to come with animal protein. I totally agree. You know, I think, you know, obviously we would want everybody to follow like a low carb ketogenic approach, but I mean, first comes, I mean, first, first place for anything is just simply getting out all the filler ingredients that are in all these prepackaged foods. I mean, even if you're going with a low fat, high carbohydrate diet, I would still prefer people just read all the ingredients to everything they purchase. And if it's a mile long on the ingredient list and you can't pronounce half of it, probably not worth putting in your body because that's just like the norm. Now that's, that's more common than the health foods or just than the simple foods. I mean, no no school lunch has just quality wholesome foods anymore. None of the prepackaged anything in the grocery stores are worthwhile. Like my mom used to drink all these, um, you know, those Boost meal replacement shakes. Mm-hmm. She would drink those oh, yeah. all the time. And then I turned around and looked at the label on one of them and it's just like nothing but, you know, vegetable oils basically for the fat sources and then, you know, fast digesting starches and what not for the carbs and it's just like there's no there's no value in this so i mean that'd be that'd be my first takeaway is just get rid of all the crap ingredients and focus on getting quality food in yeah and talking to that i was just thinking about some of the because we have a bunch of um like in the program we're putting together we have like all like the tips and tricks and stuff to 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 do with your family and your kids and just thinking about that it's like well one of the things is when you go in the grocery store like your kids are going to see these foods if you bring like bring them down the cereal aisle or bring them down the aisle. So if you, I mean, if you don't go down that aisle and you keep, you know, the perimeter, which is where all the real food is because they keep the food in the grocery store on the perimeter because it's stuff that goes bad first because it's real food. And so it's the easiest to access. And then all the fake food are, are, is in the middle of the grocery store where down all those aisles where it lasts, you know, the shelf life's like five years or something with all this crap so if you just you know if you're going and shopping with your children and um they want to come with you or you're taking them like just don't even go down the middle aisles like stay on the perimeter so you don't even expose them to you know the box of fruit loops or whatever you know so it's just simple things like that that can um you know avoid situations where you know they're sitting in the cart and grabbing you know the chips ahoy cookie or something just you know out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and, and I want to, uh, let me add something. I want to, you mind if I add something, Robert? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So the reason, you know, the one of the things that we also talk about is, is having conversations with the kids. And sometimes uh, supermarkets are getting really, they're, they're getting smart. You know, like we have Publix in Florida and some of, the, some of the southern states, and they're starting to put a lot of these crap items on the outskirts on sale. So like they'll have these big displays like, you know, here's all this crap on sale. Like, you know, we got the the rigatoni or whatever, all the pasta and all that. And so sometimes you may not be able to um, shelter them from it, but you can have conversations with them like like 
you know, I, I, I've done it with the boys a bunch of times. Like, look at this, this, this food boys, this is, this is the stuff that used to not be on the outer aisles. They're starting to put it on the outer aisles because people are starting to realize that you need to shop on the, you know, on the outskirts of the, you know, there's outer aisle gourmet. That's, that's one of the companies. That's a great company. We love that company. And it's, it's, it's a smart branding name because outer aisle is where you should shop. But now these supermarkets are, they're putting stuff there. So that's where we talk about in the program, the importance of having conversations with your kids and, you know, saying, look, this is what happens when you eat this. And, you know, you, you want to relate it to them um, because the child is, of course, has their own goals. They, they have their own things that they love to do. You know, for Desmond, it's like he loves to, to do like be active, be, you know, do gymnastics and parkour. And, you know, he'll he won't feel as good if he eats the crappy food. And so that's where the conversations and questioning them, like, what do you think would happen if you eat this food versus that food? And letting them talk back to you to see if what you've said has, you know, has, you know, worked its way into their psyche and their their own little budding uh, nutrition philosophy. Yeah, I think that's that's hugely important, you know, like talking to your kids um, as like an adult, basically, like telling them why the reasoning behind like so many parents raise their kids and, and I'm in no place to judge any any way of parenting by any means. But I see a lot of parents raise their kids in a way that they just tell their kid no, but there's no explanation to that. So that kid's just left wondering the why. And the why is the most important part, the reasoning behind the decision in the first place. So I think having the respect for your kid to treat them almost like a like a little adult and 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 give them the reasoning behind it, I think that, that speaks volume to the parenting. Well, if, if you don't do it, what's going to happen is they're going to say, okay, like I've seen this happen in front of my eyes and I'm just like, how do you not see the hypocrisy in what you're doing? So-and-so walks into a place with their Coke and the daughter or the son comes up and says, oh, can I have some of that? And, you know, they're like, no, you can't have this. And so, okay, I guess that means that when I, when I grow up or when I'm alone and I'm, you know, of some certain age, that's when I get to have all the Coke I want. And when I get to have it, I'm going to have all the Coke I want. And so now you're, you're, you're not, you're not equipping them with the knowledge that they need to survive on their own. You're just basically putting it off. And it may be more convenient to do that, to say, because I said so, but it's not teaching them to solve problems and to, to think about these things on their own. I totally agree. So how do you, how do you do that with your parents, uh, Rachel? You're probably not going <laughs> to tell, tell them the same way you would tell, you know, your kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little bit easier because you can, um, th they'll obviously understand it a little bit more if you, you know, explain it in detail and, and educate, I think education, educating, I mean, with anything, education is the, the key to everything. Like if you, if they understand it and understand, stand, mm -hmm. you know, where it's coming from, wh why, you know, it's harmful and why it can, um, affect different things, then that's when they'll say, okay, well, you know, now I understand and now I'm going to make a better decision. Um, so I think it is easier, obviously, to, to explain it to my parents and teach them about it. Um, I would assume uh, more than, you know, Danny teaching your kids, but, and just because, you know, they have, a, their brain is more developed. They're, they're older. They, they've, they've been around, <laughs> they've been around for a little bit longer, so they can process it and, and understand it more. So I think that is just the key to it. And um, just having those, the same thing though, like having the conversations, um, doing things like with my parents all, um, like when I'm home or on holidays, we'll cook together or all, 
um, like make recipes from my book with them and teach them, you know, okay, this is, you know, this is why we're using almond flour, coconut flour over regular flour. Um, or, you know, for example, my dad is a huge, like he has a huge sweet tooth too. And, and my mom too. And so he used to make brownies all the time and have a big thing of uh, vegetable or canola oil, um, in the cupboard to, to make the brownies. And I said, Hey, why don't we just make some simple, you know, homemade brownies and let's use, you know, coconut oil instead or, or butter or something. And, um, so, and then I explained like why, and, and he says, you know, or they, they understand. And, um, I just kind of like teach, teach them the different things, like why this is not, it may say it's heart healthy, but it's not, it's, it's all a ploy. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say. Just the education piece of it and, and having the conversations, um, on both ends is the most important part. I agree. I think, you know, for, for people that are your same age or older, like I've always tried to just take this philosophy of, you know, lead by example, basically. And if, if I just do my thing and they see that I'm benefiting from it, you know, more often than not, they'll come up to me and ask me why I'm doing it. And then the door's open to have that conversation. It doesn't seem near as invasive as if I just, you know, took the approach of, look, you're doing this all wrong. You got to change 180 degrees. You can do this, this, and this. And it's, it's hard because like, you know, with your parents, you obviously want to just get them on the right track immediately. Um, but I've had to take a much more long game approach to that and kind of just do my thing and then hope that they are more, you know, receptive to any advice I have. But but doing that with people, just, you know, leading by example and, you know, knowing that you're on the right path. Like I've got a ton of clients right now that have been asking me how to be around family, especially during the holidays right now, when the family is not keto or not supportive of keto. How do they stay on their goals and they're on, on track to their, their, you know, lifestyle? And like for me, it, it just simply you know do what you know and believe to be right and true and what you know makes you feel and perform better and then like people take note of that they recognize it like if you're like you you've got this light in your eye when you're just buzzing on all eight cylinders and people can recognize that and then they'll then they'll want to become part of it as well but i think that's that's absolutely key just leading by example yeah for sure 100 percent. hey there's there's another thing like that you do as part of the as part of the um having these conversations with the kids that i think has really been successful for us and especially at the beginning if they're young is involving them in the process of buying and preparing the food especially preparing the food. Like mm -hmm. if, if you, if you tell a kid, at least this has been our experience. And I find that like, even when we're with other kids who may not be on the same page, like we involve them, they're all about it. Like who doesn't want to make, you know, some sort of cool meal that may be like a, a cool sounding meal and getting their hands dirty. And, and they, they love that the kids are, are very much all about the senses. And so cracking eggs open and mixing stuff and squeezing and you know, battering, all, all that stuff, getting them involved. That's something that we've done even from our paleo days where we, we read this book called Eat Like a Dinosaur, um, like over a, half a decade ago, getting in, them involved with that and then telling, giving them, you know, their own budget for if you want them to like, okay, here's, here's, um, you get, you know, five to $10 every grocery trip to pick your stuff. And, you know, it, it seems like it may lead to like wrong decisions at first. But just know that like if they were to buy something that's bad, you know, you, all you have to do is be like, well, we, we can't do that anymore because you didn't make good decisions. And they inherently do make good decisions. They, they, they're very intuitive. They know to do the right thing. Just like it's funny when I'm with my kids crossing the street, holding their hands, they seem to be nowhere near as conscious of the dangers that exist 
versus them crossing the street. Like we'll, we'll watch them from far if they go to cross the street and they'll be like, well, especially after the accident, but in general, when they're alone, they look yeah. like seven times before they cross because they're like, okay, I'm not being taken care of by my parents. I got to take care of myself. Let me be extra careful and let me make the right decision. And that probably, you know, carries to like when, you know, they go to like a friend's house for a birthday or something and they have like normal birthday cake and whatnot. They know inherently how they're going to feel and perform from that. And they can just tap into that, you know, that knowledge when they're away from you in that sense as well. Well, even if they don't, even if they don't the first time, if they're eating, um, one of the real cool benefits, some people look at it like a downside, but I, you know, I don't know why you would, you know, be against being more sensitive to crappy food. Like all of us who pursue this diet and, and live this lifestyle over time can, can say that we're more sensitive to crappy food. And like, you know, Desmond has had times where he's eaten crappy food and just felt terrible to the point of crying. And, um, you know, when sometimes he'll still have regrets and they'll say, I wish I didn't eat that because I feel so bad. That's when it's time again to step in and be like, look, that's okay. You know, you made a decision. It didn't turn out well. This is how we learn. Just winners don't lose. They learn, you know. Just know that like in life, mm -hmm. you know, next time you're presented with that, make the right decision because you now you now know what it's like, how it feels. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. what what about you, Rachel? Any um insight there from the parenting standpoint or from the do you have parent standpoint? <laughs> what, what do you mean like in terms of <laughs> Yeah, just kinda like I don't know. I mean, I'm sure like you're not testing them as far as they go to like some <laughs> formal dining, you're probably not gonna pick your prank your brain your parents' brain like all right, so what did you eat the other night? But uh, <laughs> do they do they like feel poorly or do they like relapse at all? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like anything. They're, um, you know, the having if they go out and have, you know, more dessert or sugar, and and that's the thing too. Like my parents are, um, they're not like strict keto or strict low carb, but like during the week that they prepare their meals, they eat very healthy. And then, you know, on the weekends, they'll go enjoy themselves. And maybe if they go out and have like a dessert or something at a nice restaurant, like it's not the end of the world. But I think with with my parents, too, it's a, it's a little bit different, too, just because they they've never been into a lot of the processed stuff from what they mm -hmm. thought, <laughs> going back to the whole cereal thing. Um, but in terms of like chips and and stuff like that, that those things were never around. Um, so I think that's a little bit different. But yeah, I mean, I think with anything, even I keep going back to my dad as an example, just because he's I've he's seen a lot of benefits. He plays he's six, almost 65 years old, and he still plays like competitive basketball every week with his friends. Um, and he noticed, you know, some uh, improvements in the way that when he was jumping and his knees and the achiness started to go away a little bit when he, you know, started to take out the the cereal and the sugar and um, that his nightly treats and replacing, you know, uh, I, we grew up with margarine in our house because we thought, you know, that that goes back to the generation thing. Like we thought that was healthier than butter. So replacing, you know, the margarine with the butter. Um, things like that. I think they've definitely seen that. And, and with my mom too, just um, I introduced her to more like collagen. So bone broth and having that and she puts some collagen in her coffee every morning. Um, and she told me uh, like it was a few months ago when she started doing it, she like she started using, you know, a scoop of collagen in her coffee instead of, you know, some skim milk. 
to make a creamy still. And she did that for a month. And she said, she texted me like a month later, I remember. And she was like, this is the first time that I have, haven't taken a shower and my hair hasn't been falling out. And she was like, the only thing I can think of that I changed um, during this period of time was adding um, a little bit of collagen to her coffee every morning instead of that skim milk and having a, some more bone broth. I introduced her to bone broth too. Um, so just things like that, they're that like, oh, wow, that's actually noticeable. Um, so that was pretty cool to, to see that. So, yeah. Yeah, I would think like from an anti-inflammatory standpoint, because I mean, as our parents and grandparents are getting older and like they've got more aches and pains, you know, like that's got to be probably one of the hugest draws to, you know, this kind of low carb lifestyle is like the inflammation not necessarily disappears, but is greatly, you know, minimized. And like as an adult, like as a parent, as an older person, I would think that you know you want you want to keep the as much mobility as you can, so you can continue to you know spend time with your kids and those younger than you. So getting getting your movement and your joints back and not having to deal with the pain and the inflammation that's got to be. I mean, that right there is motivation enough to stay on track with the diet for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then also um, just going back to like what you're saying, the physical activity and the exercise portion of it. Uh, we talk about a lot about that too, because that is a huge part of, you know, overall health and wellness. And as well, it's not just the nutrition part of it, but the activity, the physical activity, the exercise. And so we have a whole, um, we go into a lot about different activities that you can do with your family and different like exercises and and activities like that, that you can do as a, a bonding experience with your family, but at the same time, they're active experiences. So you're getting your workout in, but you're doing it as a family and you're bonding over it and you're, um, you know, enhancing your relationships. And I think that's something that's been huge for me. Um, anytime I go home, you know, for the holidays, me and my parents always go, we, it's like become a tradition now. We always, you know, go work out together or all. Um, go to the gym with them and uh, teach my mom something new in terms of a strength exercise. Or for example, my dad started picking up, uh, taking up rowing um, now that he's getting a little bit older and he can't, you know, he used to jog on the treadmill a lot, but now I introduced him to rowing and that was, you know, thanks to Danny introducing rowing to me. Um, and so he's, <laughs> he's really starting to enjoy that and seeing that he's benefiting a lot from that. So I think that's, that's huge too. And Danny, you can kind of talk to that as well of um, all the, you know, exercises and all of the activities that you do with your kids and, and how that can, you know, enhance overall, you know, life and well-being for, for everyone. Oh, yeah, man. It's like it's it, when you make it a fun thing and it doesn't even have to be like it doesn't have to be structured like like, for instance, on Thanksgiving Day, um, you know, Desmond and I are always doing workouts together like we'll we'll do early in the morning, right when he wakes up, we'll do pull up workout workouts on the bar and, and we'll do all types of like structured things. But, you know, when I was there on Thanksgiving, my sister was cooking at her house and my cousin, my, my, ne my nieces and nephews love my, my son and my, my sons, you know, and, and they wanted to be together. So I drove over, picked them up so my sister could cook, brought them over to my house and we're like, I told them, look, we're going to work out. And so they're all like, oh man, we're going to work out at Theo's house. This is great. And so we went out to the backyard. I had all these things planned, you know, like mountain climbers and jumping jacks and push-ups and things like that and squats. And within like 10 minutes of it, it just became like this, you know, a bunch of play and, and like that, you just roll with it. You know, the, the kids loved it. I was like, you know what kids, like 
they they started wanting to do yoga and then my niece was like well let's do splits and then my you know my sons were like well we can't do splits and i was like okay let me let me try to get let me bring this reel this in a little bit i was like why don't we go for a walk around the block and all the kids like you know we had our shoes off because we were on the grass and so i was like let's just go for a walk around the block and you know they're like barefoot i'm like yeah barefoot there's no shoes in my house there's usually no shoes or no shirt so we start walking around the block um desmond and gabby are the same age and so they start running and so Dean and Blake can't keep up. They're both the same age as well. It's awesome. They're both like four and, and the others are, are seven and eight. And so Dean is crying. And so then I, I put Dean on my shoulders and start walking fast with him or running with him. And then Gabby looks back and she sees it. And so now Gabby jumps on me in the front and she's bear hugging me, holding on to Dean. And so it's like, it's this awesome memory. And it's something that you can do every year, like on, on when, if you don't see your family, but if it's something that you're with your family regularly, we outline not only several ways to do, you know, kind of quote unquote structured workouts, but activities that you could do with your family. Something's as simple as, as going hiking or, or doing things outdoors that people don't think to do. We're just like, you know, we're tired and I get it, but a lot of people don't understand that when you do start moving, you feel better. And it's usually the adults. The kids are all about it. You know, the adults are the ones that you got to, you know, you have to be um, intentional about doing this stuff. So it doesn't take long, 15 to 20 minutes and do it, you know, as much as possible, like two to three days a week or or even just once a week on the weekends. Um, we like to go on on walks at night, you know, when it's when it's cool. And when it's warm, we we walk to the community pool in my, you know, in my development and we just go to the pool and we do night swims. So all those things are integrated into the lifestyle. And um, it just it builds not only the the habits of being active is just a normal thing. This is what we do. We, we go for walks. We do these things. But it also is valuable bonding time where it's impossible for you to look at the, the TV screen or impossible for you to look at your phone because you're actively being present with your family. Yeah. And that is, that is huge. And it like, I don't know, like I look at, you know, a parent trying to, have to figure out ways to, you know, make exercise or make, you know, eat in a certain way fun for a kid. So, I mean, the kids got a lot of imagination, like they're born with just this huge amount of imagination. That's like powerful. And a parent, I mean, they often lose that as you get older. So like the parent has to kind of, you know, reinvigorate that imagination within themselves to be able to think of cool ways to iterate different ways of doing things so that it's fun for the kid. And before you know it, I mean, everybody's just becoming so much better for it all, you know? I love it. I love it. Any other key key pointers on the uh, killing it um, with the family approach? <laughs> um, um, I, I, there's, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rachel. Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, I think another thing that I'm excited about is that um, we kind of wanted to bring in um, different people in the space who are uh, very family oriented. So we have um, a recipe ebook um, that's going to be included with the program. That's going to be like over 30 recipes that are geared towards um, uh, fat fueled and, and lower, low carb, um, not all keto, but lower carb, um, higher fat and uh, recipes that the whole family enjoys. So all, a lot of them um, are kid friendly, obviously. Um, and so just bringing in some of the people that we, um, you know, for me that I look up to and that I follow, you know, in this space and who have kind of the same outlook on um, incorporating this type of lifestyle um, within your entire family, not just with yourself. Um, so I think that's going to be a really, really cool aspect of that. Um, 
And yeah, Danny, what were you going to say? Well, yeah, but that, that's huge. And, you know, there's this um, this couple that we really love. They're going to be doing it too. They're, they've contributed recipes. Um, you may know them, Robert Sykes and Crystal Love. <laughs> they're one of the people <laughs> that, that contributed to it. So uh, we're super grateful to our friends who are, you know, they believe in our mission and they're like, let's do it. Let's let's spread that. Let's, let's use some of our, you know, recipes that we use with our families. And um, just going one more thing, just going back to just another, thing to think about and something that we go in depth with in the program is the just paying attention you know that's just because we do have like a short mindset section um because all of this is it begins with the proper mindset and just paying attention and you know for for the adults that's live mindfully but for the kids you know paying attention is is just as much as possible you know you you gotta think about if are you really hungry? Scan your body. Are you are you thirsty? Are you bored? You know, is your brother or sister doing something that makes you angry? Well, think and pay attention and think before acting. You know, that's that's one tactic, just one alone that that I feel like you should employ with your family. It it includes, you know, eating the right foods, it includes, you know, staying connected and includes even our parents you know, the parents telling the children, you know, treating them the right way, even when the child doesn't do the right thing. And if we, if we see all of the failures and all of the mistakes that kids make as learning opportunities, that's where we stay connected. You know, we, we have the right perspective instead of thinking of it like, you know, this kid doesn't, they don't do what I tell them. They don't change. Well, think of it as, as an opportunity to help them learn how to do the right thing. And of course, we, we encourage, you know, seeking struggle and seeking failure. And we talk about a few ways that, that you can do that. Like I mentioned one of them, you know, winners don't lose, they learn. If your child does struggle and does fail, get excited about it. You know, like, Ooh, we're going to learn something now. Like this is, this is a, a perfect learning opportunity. So that's just the the last thing, but you know, this, the, the actual, you know, program itself is like 30 pages, you know, and then the, the, the ebook. So we've, we've poured our heart and, and, you know, as much of our knowledge as possible. And we don't claim to be like the best at this or the, the, we don't claim to have this stuff figured out. But I think that, you know, as easy as it's gotten for us, we'd like to see other families enjoy that and, and know that that it does get easier over time and it just becomes when it becomes a way of life that's when you know like you're 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 on the right track See, that's that's the coolest thing for me like you know this is it's crazy to think that just simply a, a a style of eating you know can transcend the food itself like it becomes this this lifestyle that then branches out into you know yourself and then your your kids your parents your entire family your friends your network and before you know it like there's just this huge momentum and this just camaraderie that all stem from a diet, you know, it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's truly crazy. It's remarkable, but I, I freaking love it. Very good. Very good. Well, where where can uh, everybody find out more about the program, find out more about y'all and, and follow up going forward? <laughs> Danny, you want to take that one? <laughs> I, I, we, we're so considerate of each other. We're just like waiting for the other one. Well, first, I want to just say that if you guys, there's, there's uh, an article that we included in the program. It's kind of like a bonus thing in case people don't see our blog, but on the www.fatfuel.family, there is um, a an article that Maura wrote that I really love, and it's called, you know, the top five tips for, for raising healthy eaters. So I definitely recommend people go there. As far as the the website, it's going to be called killingitfatfuel.com, which is K-I-L-L-I-N without the G because we're super cool. <laughs> um, killingitfatfuel.com. <laughs> That's not up yet because Rachel and I, Rachel and I go back and forth, man, like every single day, like, hey, so we should get this, uh, this website going. 
And we we both are very much like optimistic about, you know, that it's going to get done. But we're also both very um not not the the biggest web nerds so that's by the time it gets released which we're hoping for christmas day we're going to put it on sale so that people can have it by january 1st um that is the goal and so you know you can go there once we set up the the actual um the actual uh, landing page people will be able to to check it out but for now i mean you can find me you know at keto counterculture and you know you can always dm me or dm mauda at fatfield mom um, and you know, Crystal, you can tell them about your your page because they're going to be linked on both of our blogs, and they're going to go to the same page. Yeah, and I'm just going to add to that too. Um, something we forgot to mention is that we do. Um, there are like some companies within the keto space that we um, oh, yeah. we back, and we we love you know the products they're coming out with, and and making this an easier lifestyle to you know to adopt. And so we have some uh, companies that we believe in that are sponsoring us, and. Um, they've been nice enough to um, contribute for a big giveaway. So we're actually doing um, the first 100 um, people who um, get the program, they'll be entered into this giveaway and three people will win. Um, I think it's it's right now, it's probably, we're still waiting on tear back from some people, but it's going to be over $300 value um, for each person with some of these products such as um, just F bomb, nut packs, peeling nuts, um, Peterson's Farms, bacon, the Outer Isle Gourmet, um, a bunch of different companies that that we back and we we believe in, and so I think that's just a, a cool a cool thing to add on, just like a little fun giveaway. Throw keto brick into that list. I'll I'll throw in some I'll throw okay, in some bricks. Awesome. All right, Perfect. nice. Well, very cool, very cool. Yeah, and uh, like Danny said, um, we'll probably be posting a lot more of it within the next month as it starts to come out. Um, I'll post on my page and, and my website, uh, killingaketo.com. Um, and yeah, that's we'll, we'll, we'll let you guys know. Awesome. I'll link out to all those as well, make it easy for people to find. And we'll have to do like a follow-up or something once it's actually released and we get some feedback on it because I'm, I'm excited to hear how it goes because I think y'all are definitely – on the right path with it and being able to bridge the gap, making it family oriented is, is of paramount importance for sure. Well, dude, thank, thank awesome. you for giving us like, you know, a place to talk about this. Cause you know, we, we just want to, we want to spread it. We want to talk about, you know, get people thinking about it. I know a lot of people are already thinking about it. Um, but you know, if it's something that people think can enhance their transition or their kids transition or their the family's transition, then that's a cool thing. I agree. I agree. Well, y'all are, are definitely on the right track, so just keep keep killing it with keto <laughs> for the family at Fuel. <laughs> it's no, the, the official name of the program is Killing It Fat Fueled Program. Just said, to get that. Much better than me. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, y'all. Well, we'll be in touch for sure. Love it. See awesome. You, man. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>